as I was praying about this Sunday and praying about what to share, I really was contemplating what is really the component to our victory, to my victory, to this abundant life we talk so much about at victory here. And I kept coming back to something that is truly very personable to me and something that's made a huge impact on my life, and that is the Holy Spirit. You know, Victory Church, and you've seen it in our foyer, and you've heard it from Pastor Mike, why we're here is to help people discover and experience an abundant life through Jesus. Now, to discover it is pretty quite simple. If your eyes are open, to discover Jesus is simply saying yes to that invitation of salvation, right? The initial yes in your heart when you accept him, repent of your sin, and decide to follow him. That's the discovery piece. And I very much love the discovery piece a lot. But then there's the second part of living out and experiencing the abundant life. Like an ongoing, daily, the rest of your life type of experience, the abundant life. And that's the part that I want to talk about today That is the part that I believe is only possible through being filled continually with the Holy Spirit and living in constant communication and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Living in the Holy Spirit is our victory. It's my victory. It's your victory when you are a believer in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to give you a disclaimer. I tried to do about like three topics in one sermon, so I don't know what the phrase is, but I feel like I'm sort of skimming three different sermons. One, who is the Holy Spirit? Two, uh, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Three, how do we respond to those gifts? that we can have. So it's kind of loaded, and I feel like each one of those is not done total justice this morning, but I'm going to skim it a little bit here. Who is the Holy Spirit? I feel like in churches, we can really relate to the Father, and we can relate to the Son sometimes better than the Holy Spirit because they're given descriptions in the Word of God. So when you talk about the Father God, right, we picture this being on a throne in heaven, He's kind of the head honcho, right? He's in the throne. And in Revelation, we know that he's clothed in a long robe with a golden sash. And his hair is white as wool. And his eyes are as fire. And we kind of get this image of the Father God. And then, of course, Jesus is probably the most relatable to us because he came to earth and he walked as fully God, but also in flesh and blood. He was a man, just like Bob, just like Alan. And then we know that Jesus, even after he died and was resurrected, and then he came back to talk to those people for that period of time, like Thomas, even in his glorified body, he still looked like a man. And he still had those marks on his hands. Remember, he showed Thomas, like, hey, dude, it's me. And and so that's relatable to us, right? Father, son, we kind of get the picture. 
But then when you talk about the Holy Ghost, and if you go to the King James, you'll see this word, Holy Ghost. And it's almost like the, like, oh, I don't know. That one's just a little harder. Let's just, I mean, oh, let's just maybe not talk about that one. Kind of like the weird uncle at Christmas. You're just like, let's just pretend he's not here, okay? (laughs) And I feel like sometimes that's the way the church has treated the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It's like, this one just isn't quite as relatable, so let's just kind of pretend this one isn't here. And it's a real shame. It's a real shame because the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, that word ghost really just means spirit, wind, breath. Okay, so this spirit, though he doesn't have a body like mine and yours, he is so real and he's so relatable and he's essential to living out the victory we have in Jesus. And so, yes, he's part of the Trinity. Two, the Holy Spirit, though, no, he doesn't have, like, this body that we can relate to. He has attributes of a person, very much. He speaks. He speaks. And I just reference, I reference Bible verses here, but I don't have time to go to them. Um, John 16, 13, he speaks only what he hears from the Father. Okay, so we know the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. We know the Holy Spirit feels. Ephesians 4.13, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Right? Don't grieve him. Live in a way that doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit in you. Okay, so he thinks, he feels, um, he reasons. Right? He has intellect. He's got a reasoning to him. The Holy Spirit reveals God's thoughts. He teaches. He guides. Okay, so this is more relatable to us. Okay, so this is like, this is a real thing of being a person without a fleshly body, but a person that can speak and feel and reason. And we know that when you accept Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. You're sealed. You're sealed. Ephesians says you're sealed for the day of redemption. So cool. And I asked my son Bennett if I could share this, and he said I could. I was like, yes. So when he was young, and we were explaining, inviting Jesus into his life, it was also brought up at the vacation Bible school, and there's some kids that run up every year to accept Jesus, and he didn't, which was fine. I'm not going to push it on him. But when we got home that night, you know, I was talking to him, and I could just see his wheels were turning. I think he was like four and a half, five. And I asked him, you know, what do you think of what, you know, Pastor Mike was talking about, accepting Jesus? (sighs) He sighed and kind of got kind of serious, and he said, well, I'm just wondering how it feels when the Holy Spirit comes in me. And I was like... (laughs) That's a good question. And you know, he, and that literally happens. You know, when you think of a four or five year old, they think very concretely. And when you tell them that the Holy Spirit is going to come inside of you, he's wondering, holy cats. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm like, wow, does that feel, you know? And that's exactly what happens when you accept Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And you get the stamp. You're his. And it's so, so cool how God ordained that trinity and the three parts. 
We're sealed by him when we accept Jesus. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit prays for believers, which is so phenomenal when you think about it. Romans 8, 27 says the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit is interceding for me, for you. He's like your secret agent inside of you, interceding for you. It's truly remarkable. So that's who, in a nutshell, the Holy Spirit is. You could spend a whole sermon on that, but we're not. And (laughs) that is who the Holy Spirit is. What does he do? What does the Holy Spirit do? He does a lot of things. I picked out four of my favorites, so you can pick your favorites. But here are a few things of what the Holy Spirit does, roles he has in your life. The first one I'm going to talk about is a friend. I'm going to touch on a friend, a comforter, a guide, and a gift giver. These are four things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. Not an extensive list, but the four that I wanted to talk about today. A friend. Let's talk about that one. You know, Jesus was talking to his disciples in John, and he was trying to comfort them. He knew he was going to go to the cross. And he was telling them in John 16, 5 through 7, he was saying, unless I go away, the friend will not come to help you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He knew what was going to happen. He was going to go to the cross and he was going to leave him, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit to be their friend, their advocate, their guide, their teacher. I love the way he calls him friend in that. It's really special. I don't know about you, but what, what is more meaningful than a true friend? Like a real genuine friend. And you have that friend inside of you if you've accepted Jesus Christ. I don't know if anyone's felt really alone before. Thankfully, I've really only felt loneliness for about six months of my life. So I'm actually quite fortunate. But in a very lonely period of time, I knew I wasn't alone. Because the Holy Spirit was my friend during that time. You always have a friend. That's powerful. And what do friendships take? Friendships take intentionality, right? So if you have a friend, you're going to spend time with that friend. And you're going to talk to that friend. Then you're going to listen to that friend. And then when you're kind of... I won't use that word. When you make a mistake and you screw up, you ask for forgiveness to that friend. So treat the Holy Spirit like your friend. Spend time with him. Ask him things. Listen to him. And then when you know you've made a mistake, ask for forgiveness. It's pretty simple. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, a helper, an advocate. It depends on what translation you're using here. But he is a helper, a comforter. Okay? And John fourteen twenty six it says, But the comforter, 
which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay, so again, Jesus is talking here, calls him the comforter. And a helper or comforter is one that is called to one side. One who is called to someone else's side or someone else's aid. So you have this Holy Spirit in you. And I kind of like to think of him like a personal attendant. You know, I went to a wedding yesterday and the personal attendant is like running around and just making sure the bride has everything she needs, right? And so it's just like, bobby pins, hairspray, what do you need? Get me your sash, you know? And that, if you have a good personal attendant, that's what she's doing all day long. They're really, I mean, they're really important into your wedding. You've got to think about who you're going to have as a personal attendant. They're important. And so I think about the Holy Spirit, and he's inside of me, and he's like literally there wanting to be my helper, my aid. Like he's there with the bobby pins when I need them. You know what I mean? He's there giving me words and thoughts and, and helping me and comforting me and guiding me and teaching me. So he's in us. To do those things. Always. And you know, when we don't use him, when we don't consult him, it's like when you go into a test. And I don't know if you've, you know, remember your high school days, but I had one teacher that would say, you can make a cheat sheet. Just this little card and anything you can fit on that card you can use in your test. And I don't know, but some of us spent more time filling out that cheat sheet than studying for the test. You know, like how you could fit all of these notes on this little card. It was truly fantastic. But then you get in there and you did so much on the card, you couldn't read the thing. You know, you're like, you know, oh, anyway. Um, But the Holy Spirit is your cheat sheet. I mean, when you're in a pickle, he's got the answers. And how many times do we not even use him? I mean, we have the cheat sheet in the test. But imagine how silly you would be if you didn't use it. It's like, use your resources. He's in you. Guide. Thirdly, a guide. Oh, I love this one. The Holy Spirit is a guide. And this can be taken many different ways, how he guides us. First, in John sixteen thirteen, it says, However, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Oh, good. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is guiding me into truth, the truth of the Father. That's fantastic because there's a lot of wacky things out there, and I need someone guiding me to the truth, guiding me to God's truth. Luke 12, 12 says, When you are brought before the synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about what you will defend yourselves or what you will say. This is cool. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so you're telling me that the Holy Spirit will literally feed me words in the hour I need them. That's good news. So he's guiding us, and he's actually giving us the words to say. I love this one. And sometimes it takes you stepping out in faith to be used for him to give you the words. And I've, I don't want to say practice, but yes, practice this stepping out in faith and then relying on the Holy Spirit to give me the words before I knew what I was going to do. And your heart pounds a little bit when you do that. I don't know if everyone, 
your heart just starts beating a little fast, but it's so rewarding when you rely completely on the Holy Spirit and not on yourself. It's so rewarding when you get to experience that. Two practical ways the Holy Spirit has guided me in my life. One, in direction. How many of you are always like praying for direction? Like, Lord, lead me. Which job should I take? What major should I do in college? What house should we buy? How many children should we have? Those are questions for the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God, he doesn't answer in the exact moment you want him to, but he will answer. I remember back when Chris and I were seeking the Lord on what house to buy. You know, we had been married for a couple years, and we were living in an old farmhouse, bless its heart, but it was, you know, the steep stairs, one bathroom, mice in the basement kind. It provided... I was thankful, but it was time to sort of think, what's next? So we were looking at different houses, and we kind of came down to one here over in Ballotin and one out. It was on the back lots of Lake Chautauqua. And we had come down to these two houses, and long story short, we were feeling really tugged between the two houses. So I said, all right, so Chris and I decided we would go on our own and seek the Lord, and then we'd come back to each other and see what the Lord said to us. Now, I'll be honest, I was sort of selfish because, like, I liked the house out by Chautauqua better. I liked the flooring. It had a little better vaulted ceiling. Just, you know, it just looked prettier. And so I was kind of hoping the Lord was going to lead us that way. But um, anyway, so I had a little ulterior motive. But we both went out on our own, and we sought the Lord, and we prayed. And then when we came back to kind of convene again, you know, Chris was like, I really don't know why, but God, I'm just feeling like we're supposed to purchase the one in Ballotin. I was like, really? I was like, me too. <laughs> I couldn't deny it. I was feeling the same way. And we're like, all right, let's do, buy the house in Ballotin. It was so funny as we did, but people were like, why? At the time, I was an elementary teacher in Tracy. And he's farming out south of Garvin. And they're like, what's in Ballotin? And we're like, I don't know. <laughs> we go to church there, you know, <laughs> at the time. I mean, that's good. But why are you both driving further than you were before? It didn't make any sense. And then, of course, you know the rest of the story. A year and a half later, I ended up being hired here at Victory. And it's been a tremendous blessing to live right by the church. Last night, I had to run here. You'd be amazed how many times. Quick trip, a key, uh, you know, lock up, blah, blah, blah. You could just go on and on the way the house has been a blessing and a tool for us to be here at Victory. So the Holy Spirit individually guided us in that decision-making. Really cool. Secondly, he guides us when we are witnessing to other people. In that second verse about giving you the words when you need them, it's a little bit of a, a adrenaline rush, but when you do it, it's amazing to see how the Holy Spirit just like speaks for you in those moments. And I have a hundred stories, but I'll just share one. I remember there was a day a couple years ago here. I woke up that morning and I prayed before I came over to work. I said, God, I'm just yours today. Just use me. You know, some there's days at the church I don't see anyone. I mean, they want to see Pastor Mike, not me. <laughs> so there's days at the church I, I, I'm here and I don't really see anyone. So I was like, just use me, Lord. Just use me. So I went to church and I was like, okay, got to my office. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm supposed to go to Perkins. I'm just, I'm just supposed to go up to Perkins. 
<laughs> I know. Well, how random, right? So I'm like, um, Mike, I'm going to go up to Perkins. He's probably like, okay, she needs a muffin, whatever. So I, I left and, um, <laughs> I went up to Perkins and, and I was praying all the way there and I got a picture of a woman. It was pretty clear, like middle-aged woman, short brown hair, middle-aged woman, short brown hair. She just needed to know she was loved by Jesus that day. So I go in, and at that time I was dieting. I didn't even know what to order. I ordered like an egg, and I like slowly ate an egg, and I was like praying in Perkins, and there was no one here like that looked like that, not anyone. And I'm like, geez, did I miss it? Like, what's going on? So I I paid for my egg, and I was going to go because there wasn't anyone in there that looked like the woman I saw. Well, anyways, I was about to leave Perkins, and I go into the bathroom, and there's the woman like that I had in my head, and I was like, oh, that's her. But now what do I do? <laughs> so like, I know it sounds a little stockish, but I did like just like slowly wash my hands while she was going to the bathroom. And then when she got out, I was like, <laughs> no, what, you know? So then anyway, like I just had to open my mouth. I just had to open my mouth and I was like, said something like this. I was like, I know this sounds sort of strange. I said, but I have just been praying all day for someone that needed to know that they are really, really loved by the Father God. And I said, I'm just sensing in my spirit that you feel really insignificant today. Like no one sees you. You're just here and no one sees you. She starts tearing up just a little bit. She's also shocked and a little bit scared. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was like, (laughs) so I was like, I guess God sent me to Perkins to tell you just that, that he sees you and he loves you. And I asked her, are you, don't ask people if they're a Christian, because everyone will say yes. Ask him something like, do you love Jesus with all your heart? And she's like, you know, I do. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And she goes, but I am, she was going to attend a work meeting at Perkins that day. She goes, but I am about to attend a meeting and I have been feeling so without a purpose. I was like, wow. So then I left Perkins. We just left it at that. And, you know, I didn't know, like she was sort of blessed, but in the moment I didn't really know, like she was also kind of scared. Um, and so I've, I didn't know, you know, I was like, I think that was well-received. Okay, I'll just go back to the office. Well, it took two years later, two years, two years. She actually ended up being a co-worker of my older sister. And she tried to find me on Facebook. And she told my older sister, that's your sister? She, like, talked to me in the Perkins bathroom. She went back to her workplace and told all the ladies about it. Like, it, like, made her day. She tells people about it. And she's like... She told my sister, Cammie, tell your sister, thank you for me. It was a day changer for me. That was, that was one story, okay? And it's not for me to get the glory. I almost didn't share it. I hope you understand my heart. The Holy Spirit in me, in that very moment, gave me the words to say, and I didn't even know the impact of it until two years later. That's the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with me other than me being willing to be weird, <laughs> okay so he guides us and gives us these things in the moment it's so fun um and there's a verse there's a verse in ephesians and it goes something like do not get drunk 
drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that verse because it, it contrasts the two scenarios there. Do you remember at the day of Pentecost when people got filled with the Holy Spirit and they thought they were drunk on wine? There's a reason that these things happen. There's a reason Ephesians says, don't get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how fun it is. See, the world counterfeits and Satan counterfeits everything God does. So you can get a temporary high from being drunk on wine. I've tried it. <gasps> Gas, I know. And it's not, I've tried it. And I'll tell you, it is a short-lived high compared to what I just did in Perkins. Do you know what I'm saying? The high of being filled with the Holy Spirit and then sharing that with the world is a lasting high. You even get giddy. It's fun. It's exciting. You want to do it again. It's all the things that the wine tries to do for like an hour until you have a headache. But Jesus does it forever. You know, the Holy Spirit in you does that. It's so fun. I love the way that contrasts those two scenarios. It's, it really is fun. You know, people think being a Christian is boring. It's not when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I got to keep going. Fourth thing. <laughs> okay, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. He is a gift giver. He gives us gifts. Now, there are some churches, disclaimer, that don't believe that these gifts are for believers today. Why? I think it kind of comes down to a verse in 1 Corinthians 13 that says we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect comes, then that which is in part shall pass away. This is a verse right after the gifts are explained. What is perfect? When the perfect comes, anybody, how would you, how would you just like, if you didn't know anything about the scripture, if it said when the perfect comes, these things will pass away or the completion comes. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Jesus. Isn't that the most logical? So when Jesus comes again and we're in heaven, am I going to need to heal anyone in heaven? Am I going to need to prophesy in heaven? Not next to Jesus, no. Am I going to need to speak in tongues in heaven? No, because the perfect one is there with you. Why would you? Okay, so I think that scripture is misinterpreted, and then they just throw out all these gifts. And other churches, I'm saying they're just like, no, these ones don't apply anymore. But at Victory, we believe that every single one of these gifts are still available today until the perfect Jesus would come again. So in Corinthians, it says, and these are some gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Uh, Corinthians 12, 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, distri distributes them. Okay? Just a couple of verses later, it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given to the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge, by which means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Wow. One spirit, the Holy Spirit, 
distributing gifts to believers and look at all the gifts that he gives. Huh. I want those gifts. I don't know about you. I earnestly desire every one of them. I do. And not for me, but so that others would be impacted. I mean, if if you can lay your hands on someone and they're healed, to God be the glory, right? If you can go into Perkins and have a word of knowledge for another gal there and it blesses her heart, to God be the glory. If you have the gift of wisdom that when taken to that word of knowledge, you can sort of put some context context to that scenario, that builds up the church. We need these gifts in the church. Tongues, interpret. I don't know why tongues gets a bad rep. Now, when you look at all of these gifts, if you would ask someone like, do you believe that the Holy Spirit in you could heal someone? They might say yes. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit through you could work miraculous powers? Yeah, I think so. Do you think the Holy Spirit in you will, could prophesy? Yeah. Do you think the Holy Spirit in you could speak in tongues? Ooh, I don't know about that one. I don't know why it gets a bad rep. I love speaking in tongues, and I hope everybody does. Um, it's just one of the many gifts. I think it's just weird because it sounds weird compared to the other ones. I don't know. But let's not, you know, let's not discriminate against tongues here. <laughs> They're all good gifts, and the Holy Spirit gives them as he pleases, right? They are all good gifts. In Corinthians, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts. Desire them. Ask for them. Seek for them. Want them. When I explain the filling of the Holy Spirit to the youth group, I usually go, you know what? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have him already in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You accepted Jesus already. Do you want the Holy Spirit to overflow out of you? Because that's really what this filling of the Holy Spirit is. That is what this baptism some people call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to call this experience where the Holy Spirit fills you up, what you're saying to God is, I want to be used by you. Just flow out of me. We overcomplicate the thing. You can ask for it once. You can continually be filled in the Spirit. I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me up daily. Fill me with the Spirit. Overflow out of me. You know, let's not overcomplicate the thing, but if you're a willing vessel and you want to be used by him, you're going to want to be filled up with the Holy Spirit in a new way. He's already there, but just let him overflow out of you. It's an overflowing of his spirit. When I decided to do this message, I'm going to end on this. When I decided to do this message, I had a picture and it was pretty clear. There is a gal and a girl watching TV in their living room on standard definition. Standard definition television, okay? And that's fine in the any, right? You can watch the show. It's fine. You can watch your show. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, Everything is fine. But they didn't even know that there was a button in the back of that TV that could change it from standard def to high def. Now, once you experience high-definition TV, you don't want to go back to the standard death, right? And I think 
there are a lot of people and a lot of good Christians, saved Christians, lovely people. Your salvation and your love of God has nothing to do with whether you speak in tongues or be bold in Perkins or not. You're saved. You're awesome. You're going to heaven. But I think like you're stuck watching like a standard definition TV and God wants to kind of turn on the switch and turn on the lights and fill you with the spirit in a way that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is high def and I'm not going back to the standard def anymore. Like I want to be used by the Holy Spirit and be flowing out and letting the Holy Spirit speak and guide and teach and comfort and friend me in a new way. That's really what we believe at Victory when we talk about this filling of the Holy Spirit. It's really a surrendering of you and letting the Holy Spirit come out. And it's fun. (laughs) It's really quite fun to be operating in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to have the worship team come up again, and we're going to sing a couple songs again. And I, you know... I can't not talk about the Holy Spirit in a way that I just did and not give you the opportunity to step out and come up for prayer and say yes. Say yes. Fill me, Lord, in a new way with the Holy Spirit. I think there's probably two questions to ponder today. One is, have you ever done that before? It said, I want to be filled, baptized, whatever you want to call it, in the Holy Spirit. I want that, and I want those gifts. Use me, God. If you've never done that, while we are singing, there's going to be some elders and myself up here, and others on the prayer team, we're just going to pray for you. Quick prayers. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never done that before. But I also think there's probably a pool of people that have done that before. But you've kind of just been distracted. It's like you have the cheat sheet and the test, but you're not using it. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but you haven't been asking him for anything, and you certainly haven't been obeying him. I want you to come up, too, and just say, hey, I'm back in the game. Put me in, coach. (laughs) I'm ready to play. (laughs) If that's you, I want you to come up for prayer too because it's just a quick prayer of filling. So while we sing, I'm not going to come back up here again. (laughs) I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit move. But if you have a prompting in your heart and your heart beats a little quicker, come up for prayer, quick prayer, and be blessed today. Thank you, Jesus. You can stand and worship with us.